Terrace Spaces, in association with Lunafest.io, is proud to present to you the Lunafest Podcast, hosted by Wiggy, guest starring Sarah Maine. Hello, this is Wiggy234 Thanks for coming on to the second edition of the LunaFest podcast. Today's date is Tuesday the 8th of March 2022 and I am proud to welcome the LunaFest's team's Sarah Main. Yeah, nice for you to come on, Sarah. Hi, Wiggy. It's really nice to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a few questions for you. If you get to know a bit about yourself, get to know how you got into crypto, music, such things, how you got into the festival. Um, I'll tell you what, we'll start off. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, Sarah? Okay. Um, I'm Australian. <laughs> you can't already tell in my accent. However, I've been living in Europe for like 22 years. Um, I uh, grew up in Sydney and I went to university to study art but while I was at university um, I was at Sydney University so I was in the city so I had access to all the nightclubs and the nightlife and um, house music was you know just sort of like hitting our shores at that time it was the early 90s and uh yeah the music stole my heart and whisked me away into the depths of the Sydney nightlife. Um, So I became a DJ, left university, became a DJ and sort of played around Sydney and then across Australia um, until uh, 1999 when I heard about this amazing island in the Mediterranean where um, all the best DJs in the world would come for the summer and play every night in these wild and amazing clubs and I was like, wow, I've got to go there. So I checked that out. And, um, yeah, <laughs> as you can imagine, if, if, if everyone knows Ibiza, um, you sort of get, yeah, once you're there and you experience it and you have a good experience, there's no turning back. There's, like, no going back to normal life. So yeah. I, uh, I guess from that moment I decided that that's where I wanted to live and um, I found a club there called Pasha which I, like, the first time I walked inside that club, I was like, this is my place, you know. I was just like, I have to play here. This is my dream club and I'm going to do what it takes to to get a gig here. Um, everyone thought I was nuts because obviously I'm like a giri, which is like, a you know, um, an outsider or a foreigner coming into, you know, this Spanish island and expecting to play at, like, one of the best clubs. But when you have a dream and, and you want something really bad, you know, I, I'm a full believer in that you can achieve that. So through magical coincidences and hard work and hard graft and um, just, you know, knocking down doors, I managed to get the residency for Pasha and started there in 2001. Um and then had this wild journey with them for 13 years, 13 or 14 years. Um, so I played in the main room there in the club, played with all like my favorite DJs in the world. Like I was just, I remember the first time I was like 
play like one of the first times I'm playing and I turn around and behind me there's Eric Murillo and Dave Morales and Frankie Knuckles all like standing behind me and I was like I, I couldn't even I was playing vinyl back then I couldn't even get like the needle on the record I was that nervous but anyway they all became great friends and um we had a magical time it was when house music was at its peak um so that was amazing and I got to travel all around the world with Pasha um and then um, I, I had a baby <laughs> and my, my world changed for the better. And, uh, yeah, I have a nine-year-old son now. He is the light of my life. He is an absolute angel. And he, you know, my, my time before has been, like, amazing and fun and, and incredible. But, like, having a child for me was, like, the ultimate dream and he makes me be uh, like the the best version of myself which I, I really appreciate so I sort of like I didn't take I didn't leave DJing I was, I was still prof a professional DJ but I took more sort of um day work I started working for a club in Ibiza called Ushuaia which is a day venue um so that was that sort of suited my new life a little bit better um and then um in 2019, I had a little bit of, I, well, I'd, I'd had a few psychedelic experiences um, with uh, psychedelic medicine and I had um, a psychedelic experience which sort of put me on the path of going back to my art. Um, it sort of kicked me in the ass, actually. It wasn't like it was like, oh, yeah, this is lovely, let's go do art. It was like, no, you are not going to, move forward in your life until you return to your original love and so I did and then I just started painting and um, then lockdown happened so it was sort of like almost divine timing and so started painting and then in that time too um, had a friend who was in crypto and I really wanted to, wanted to get into crypto but I had sort of no on-ramp or no one to sort of guide me and she's like look here's three bitcoin cash take it, off you go. So that was like at the end of December. In early January, I found Luna and I, it was in a leverage trade. So I like, I, I told myself how to leverage trade from the beginning. I'm a little bit of, got a little bit of a gambling spirit. So I, I, I jumped into a leverage trade on Luna and I, I think that's when they were doing the first burns and I just, I just watched it shoot up. And then I pulled out and then I'm like watching it go up even more. I think I got in at like $1.60 and then I'm like, oh, my God, what is this coin? And I started doing research into it and like just fell in love with the whole ethos and, and um, you know, the message that Do Kwon was putting out and, you know, I just, I, I just really dove into it. I got all my friends into it. Um, I make countless people buy it. I mean, like flying the lunar flag all over Ibiza got our own little Ibiza lunatics group you know um so yeah you know it's 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 been a wild ride especially with the with the with the May crash and yeah from there and then I jumped into NFTs um and I did my first release on Talus um which was all my my NFTs were like digital representations of my my physical art and um that went that went really well so that gave me the sort of like com not confidence but the drive to go further and I like I, I love the terror community so much but I'm like if I want to be 
successful and, and um, valuable to my collectors, I need to go on to another chain. So I went on to Ethereum and I've been on OpenSea selling my art over there, but my, my heart is with Terra and I'm planning on coming back very soon and doing... As you say, Terra, once you learn about Terra, everything about it is just, it captures you, doesn't it? Like when you start researching Terra and the ethos of it and what it's going to become, it just, mm-hmm. it, just, it just grabs you. You just want to learn more. You want to tell everybody about it. And it's, it's just, it is a, it's a special thing, Terra. Like. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's, you know, like I'm so deep in the community now, I guess. Well, I mean, I could be deeper, but like I know a lot of people in the community and I've been, you know, following and involved since, since the beginning of the year when it all really started taking off and, you know, it, 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 it's just, I don't know, Doe seems to like hit all these targets and he just, I don't know, he's a really, he's a really good leader and, and I, I, I really respect everything about the, the Terra community. So, um, yeah. Sorry, Luna's programmed, I think, to the, for us all to make it. I think what Doe's done is just like, it's just a matter of when, as I know some of us want it to happen straight away. I'm actually happy to just chill at this level and just accumulate more. And when it happens, it happens, but it will happen. Yeah, 100%. I've got full faith. Full faith, yeah. And, See, and it's it's exciting back, times, you know. It is very exciting times. Going back to your art, Sarah, I've actually, uh, I, I remember watching a little Twitter feed that you put up where you drew a piece in about 50 seconds and I was just sitting there watching you do this piece and I think, wow, that's talent. I wish I had talent like that. It was absolutely amazing to watch and some of your artwork is absolutely outstanding, I must add. And anyone that has not seen Sarah's artwork should check it out because it really is some cool stuff. Thank you, Wiggy. And um, that that the what I did then um, on that Twitter um tweet was like it it's it's line art so it's like one line draw drawing which was um something that Picasso used to do so it's sort of very fitting because I started I returned to my art career while I was in Barcelona which of course is like the city of Picasso um and I I got I got really interested in in, in one line drawing and so I just literally just started I put pen to uh, like pen to paper, and I'd just keep doing these faces and keep going and keep going. And so they were all like they would not, none of them were like planned. It was just sort of like a happening. And for me, that's that's real art. I I love it when it's like the message is coming through you. You don't like think about oh I'm going to draw a horse or I'm going to draw a car. You just sort of let let something happen and come out of you that's supposed to. So it's been a really really um satisfying journey to to return to my art and do yeah. do what I, i'm doing i love the colors in them as well the very uh, vibrant bright colors always stands out which i find like quite good thank you yeah um most really reflecting my colorful existence that i've had up to this point has been quite the ride let me tell you but 
I also use color because, um, I don't know, I just want to shock people into seeing beauty because when I had my psychedelic experience, like one of the the things that came through was like we 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 fail to see the beauty that's in front of us, the beauty in everything, because we're so busy and we're so clouded with all this noise in front of us. And when you strip that away, like the intricacies of life and the, the beauty in everything is all around. And um, I think that's one of the main messages of my work, that if we remember to see the beauty you know maybe that can be our saving grace that we'll start caring more about others around us and about the environment and the and the earth i've heard a lot about like uh, these experience basically you transcend i'm led to believe to like uh other dimension whatever and <laughs> well i've noticed and seen about that a lot of people come back really enlightened, if not more intelligent, because of these experiences. Would you say this is probably the case? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, it can definitely have that effect. Um, I think it's like, you know, it, it's not going to give you the answers. I think it's going to, like, it, it's more like it gives you the questions and then it, it's up to you to find the answers from reflecting on your experience so it can show you like for me that last experience showed me like this intense beauty and I saw it in in everything around me in the trees everything came alive and um the energy in in everything around was just you know you saw the unity in in everything and it just gives you a, a deeper appreciation of of life and I think that's how it helps people. Um, it also can, it feels like it can restructure your brain, like your your neural connections um, and clean it out, get rid of the noise and reconnect things that need to be there and, and get rid of all the the stories and the, the, the negative emotions that you're holding onto that you don't need to, to have, you know? Um, that's how it felt as well. It felt quite cleansing. Um, but I, I think, you know, you have to also be very mindful when you're using stuff like that, that you you do it with, you know, the full respect of the plant and the medicine. And it, it's not a recreational thing. Um, and, yeah, I think some people may take it, like, recreationally, but I, I think it's it's too sacred to... Spiritual. I take yeah. it with about DMT. Sorry? I take it we are talking about DMT. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I was I was telling someone today that was like the first psychedelic I ever took. It wasn't like I'm I'm you know like an expert in the area, so I had no prior experience than that when I did the first time, which was back in 2017, and I had no idea what I was in for. It's definitely not for the faint-hearted, that's for sure. To be honest, it's been something that I've been uh, wondering about. I have had acid many, many, many years ago uh, in my younger life. But uh, DMT, I've been intrigued over the last few years. I, I've read lots and lots of stuff on DMT, and it has intrigued me. I was uh, looking to go to India and possibly have a little experience, but maybe oh, I, I actually, I actually suggested, I, I suggested to uh, the team, actually someone in that, in the team today that we should all 
meet up in Ibiza and do an experience together because it's uh, very readily available over there with um, with people that are, are very um, professional with it and been doing it for many many years on the island. So like I'm like that'd be a really good way to like bring our consciousness together. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. all. <laughs> Push this festival forward. You know, like <laughs> let's get creative, guys. Let's like you know. Go and get the yeah. answers from the trees. <laughs> it sounds good. It sounds amazing, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Go on to your music then, Sarah. Uh, yeah. You're in Barcelona a lot. I know there's a passion in Barcelona. Do you flip from Ibiza to Barcelona playing both clubs or...? Um, no, so I'm I'm actually in Barcelona. I just came here for the winter um, just because uh, I'm closer to the art scene here. There's not much going on in Ibiza in the winter um, and here I've got direct access to everything that I need to do with my, like, physical art. Um, I, I have a, a – I'm involved with or I'm the co-founder of a – an art and musical music festival um, that we started here in Barcelona. So yeah. we have our next in, installment on the weekend, actually, um, and so we have to be with the team working for that. So, yeah, what what is that festival? Yeah, what what's the name of it? First it's called um, Miss Sunny. Miss Sunny is one word, actually. Miss Sunny Art Festival. Our, our, the founder is called Sunny Kirchner. And um, I did my first art exhibition with him in 2020 in the middle of, in the middle of COVID. Um, we did something here in Barcelona at Cotton House. It was a really, really beautiful experience. So from there, we've kept doing projects together, which culminated in our first festival we did last September in Girona, which is just out of Barcelona. And it, it is the same again. It was like in lockdown, um, we had DJs, but everyone had to sit down, but we had 4,000 people come through. So uh, it was it was a very, it was our first one. And it, it, yeah, very successful. So I was like, okay, well, let, let's move forward with the next one. I need to be in Barcelona and, and be present, you know? So, um, but I'm moving back to Ibiza in, uh, at the end of next month, I think. So do you still play Passion or have you got gigs lined up in Ushuaia? Where, where do you mainly play these days? Are you just like once a week or? Yeah, no. So, no, I'm not playing um, Pasha or Ushuaia. I just do, for now, I've made my art my main focus and my DJ career um, is... Uh, I want to say I don't want to say a hobby because it's still work, but it's it's taken second. It's taken the back seat for the moment. But I guess that was because of COVID as well. But now I'm like, as the summer's approaching, I'm actually getting lots of offers. So, but they'll be at all, all different venues over Ibiza and throughout Europe. Um, so, uh, yeah, I can. I uh, I've already got a, sorry, I, I usually stay and play at them, boss. I want to. Visit I be fair not far from Ushuaia. I've always wanted to catch the ants of a Saturday, but uh, that's yeah. a decent techno party. But I generally, as I say, uh, amnesia, Pasha Solomon on a Sunday night or the resistance nights. I generally, yeah, well, be you, I, I, I always end up in one of them. 
<laughs> I mean, there's lots of choice, isn't there? So I can understand how you it, can't it, get around it, to everything. But um, yeah, if you if you need any 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 guest list or anything like that, you know, just like I'll sort you out. I'll take you. I'll take you down if you if you want me to come with you. I don't mind. Yeah, as long nice. as it's not too late. <laughs> I'm, such a, I'm a bit of a fuddy duddy these days, you know. Once it gets to midnight, turn into a pumpkin. Yeah, I can understand why you did actually choose to stay in IB for that. It is a wonderful island. It's a, it, it just is a wonderful place. It's to be honest, your career sounds amazing. You did well, and today is International Women's Day, must add. So I should oh, yeah. imagine you are a bit of an inspiration to women out there. So well done, you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, like the, the the question that I've always been asked in interviews is like, how is it as a female in a male-dominated industry? That's like the main question. But it's it's like for me, I guess I'm lucky coming from, I guess Australia's quite liberal, you know, um, and I, I never like put any restrictions on myself for my gender. I'm just like I... If I'm good at something, I should be able to get the same um, opportunities as everyone else. And that's that's my that's the way I approach life. So and I think, you know, when it comes to music, you know, that goes beyond all all sort of boundaries, you know. Yeah, right. to be honest, some and, of my and gender and you know, it's it's a universal language. So, you know, um I think as, as a woman, um, even though, you know, there's obviously been challenges along the way from more so just from men not knowing how sort of to treat treat me but you know that's that's a, that's that's a personal thing to to a particular person so um yeah i just think you know when you're when you love something and you want something really bad you just you just don't think about these other things you just go for it and you don't let anyone tell you no and you just yeah you just go straight through the noise and and go to your goal so that's how I've always sort of approached it you know <laughs> keep on doing that I, I find some of the women's DJs are actually some of my favorite DJs are women's like Charlotte DeWitt and she uh-huh. she actually banging the techno scene uh, I actually seen Charlotte in Berlin before she quite was fully out there before she played the first awakening set and uh, what she's done in the last Three years, she's she's absolutely just went globally very fast, and she is an amazing DJ to be honest. But women DJs in general, I find well, music, music. Why should there be a difference between men and women? If you love music, you love music, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Look, I I I agree. I I think that the the issue with it being a little bit one sided in the music industry is that maybe women felt intimidated to enter a male-dominated industry, you know, because it can be intimidating. You know, I remember going to the record store when I was younger and being the only female and a young female. And, and I mean, I was, I'd get super nervous, you know, but, you know, they're, they're just, every, everyone has challenges in, in their, their work or their situation. So, you know, you, you just push well, through. What is your favourite music? Were like the record labels when you was younger, starting out? What was the kind of record labels and the type of music you'd be looking to you play? You remember this one? You remember this? I loved um, all that, like, 
early 90s euphoric house that's what sort of got me into electronic music so I'd never heard anything like it and my sister was sending me back rave tapes from England in 92 she was over in England um just turned 18 and off she went on her trip and went to these raves and sending me back all these this music that I was just like what the hell is this and it was like cheeky you know the cheeky label yeah I'm more of a hardcore techno person. Cheeky. Uh, well, Cheeky was like Roller Goes Mystic, Faithless, early Faithless stuff. I, like, um, I, I remember seeing Boy, George, Boy George to a, a God's Kitchen and he was absolutely, absolutely like it. That's a bit more trancy, but it was that kind of 1999 stuff. Somebody answered the phone, all that kind of stuff. It was actually at Ibiza Reunion in uh, the Sanctuary in Milton Keynes. But that that little time around the late nineties, it was a it, it was sort of like a change from the hardcore scene to the trance housey stuff. Sort of like broke out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, was the, that was the time of like you know the Paul Van Dyke sound and that the, the late nineties. And then on the other side, we had the disco house coming through and that that sort of like those really cool, like, funky, sort of minimal funky house stuff, like drop music and, yeah, it was a great time. It was a great time for music and every every genre was like a new experience because you're like, what, who the hell is making this music? It's it's like taking something and, and evolving it. So we went through that whole period where every new step was an evolution where now it's just sort of a regurgitation. You know, yeah, all, all the classics just get remixed and remixed. Yeah. But I, I was like that when the jungle, when the drum and bass scene saw us like it, and it was like, wow, this is like so different, so unique, so so good. To be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a it was a brilliant time, and it was just everything that came with it as well: the inclusion, the love, the the ecstasy. I mean, it was all just like a great package. You know, the nineties were brilliant. They really were. Everybody was loved up. It was a uh, it was good, it was yeah. good, good times everywhere. What was the what was yeah. the uh, club scene like? And I've never been to Australia. I've always wanted to visit. But what was the club scene like over there in your early days before you moved? Ah, uh, it was it was insane. It was like you know, like twenty clubs you could choose on from on a weekend, and and twenty four hours there'd be something going on. So um, I know a lot of the foreigners always had this idea of of. Australia being really far behind because we had to wait for the shipping of the vinyl. But, like, literally, like, you know, we had some really awesome groundbreaking DJs back then that were, like, mind-blowing. Um, uh, and and Australians love a party. So, you know, like, it, like the, the whole city was just partying, like, really. It, it's a lot more subdued now from what I've heard. Um, haven't been back for a few years, but they they sort of cleaned out all the sort of red light districts and you know made everything a little bit more um, normal. <laughs> I don't know. I was just like my time in Sydney was nuts. It was like I would be in Ibiza and I'd have to go back to Australia for a tour, and I dread it because I knew like it was just going to be mayhem because all my friends were just nuts. And I was like, I'd, I'd, I'd last like two weeks. I'd be like, get me out of here. Get me back to a pizza so I can rest. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I there were, there were good times. Huh? 
I can remember seeing an Australian DJ in Club Kinetic, uh, Darian Kelly. I don't know whether you're familiar with him. He was mm. a bit of a, a gabber techno. It was really oh. fun, banging, really hard stuff. Like, But uh, yeah, I, to be honest, Australian DJs, I've not come across many. Uh, well, I probably have, yeah. but I haven't realised they're from Australia. There, there's a few now, but back in the day, I think I was like, there was only me and one other guy that had actually left the Australian shores for, you know, to sort of spread our wings. So it wasn't something that it was readily or normally done by the by the other DJs, you know. They sort of stayed in their, their comfort zone. So, um, yeah, well, who was the other guy? Oh, what's his name? He was like on Global Underground and labels like that. Really, really cool guy, if, nice music. If you could go back to any moment in time, any party on the planet, where would you choose and why? Oh, God. That's, that's a hard one. So. I've had, I mean, most of my amazing moments, like, have been in Pasha. Um, but I did do one gig that was really, really special. Um, I, I played in Jordan quite a bit and we did this gig in, um, in Petra, you know, the, the sacred city. Yeah. Yeah. And it was me and Tiesto (laughs) and it was, it was, yeah, it was pretty spectacular. So yeah, we had a great time. I took my sister with me and yeah it was, it was really really beautiful it was a, an amazing um amazing setting i i like i like playing in the middle east there's a great energy over there yeah it sounds absolutely amazing yeah well it, it, any artists that you'd like to see come and play at luna fest any like I, not, I was non-electronic yeah, we'll start non-electronic is there any artist non-electronic that you'd like to see like who? Like what? Like, like rock and like rock bands. Like, is there any like bands that you'd oh, like to see? Bands. I would care ball in there for you. Oh, okay. I, like, I'd be really like, I don't know. Um, the only band that I can think of off the top of my head, who I saw in Ibiza a few years back, was the Brand New Heavies, and yeah, I love them. They're real, real nineties, aren't they? <laughs> I didn't doubt they'd be involved in crypto, but. Um, I, I haven't really been so much of a a band girl, I have to be honest. To be honest, um, I'm the same. I'm oh, okay, no, like, okay, so it's not really a band, but he he does do live shows. So, um, but I don't know how to say his name. Mark Rabouille, Rabouille. You know who I'm talking about. You know, like he does. Like he sings in his dressing gown and he plays the he does that morning song that everyone uses as a meme. Mark Rabillier. Rabillier. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about, right? I haven't got a clue. He plays the piano and he he like he sings on the spot and makes up songs on the spot. He's nuts. He's absolutely nuts. And uh, I missed his concert here in Barcelona, but my I told my sister and all her friends to go see him. I'm like you got to check this guy out. And they're like, we'd, we'd never heard of him. I'm like, trust me. They all came out of there saying it was the best thing they'd ever been to in their lives. So, yeah, that's who I'd like That's who I'd like to see. And, uh, yeah, oh. I think he's quite relevant for Luna Fest. 
I'll go back to about the electronic scene. And who, who would you like to see um, play on the electronic scene? Ah, <sighs> okay. And what genre as well? <laughs> um, mostly, um, well, just off the top of my head, um, t- like Tale of Us. Um, and then I know, like, Richie Ahmed's been thrown around. His name's been thrown around, like Jamie Jones, that sort of crew. They're all sort of like the Ibiza crew. Um, Dan Ganassia. Uh, I know he's doing some sort of crazy NFT thing right now that I'm going to chat to him about. I want to know more. Um, who else? Say it, say it. Yeah. And he's like um, he's speaking to um, one of my friends who's one of the top agents. Um, he's said one of the the – one of the guys has broken off and it's another name. I can't remember it right now, but he's like doing incredible stuff in the NFT scene. He's mostly like the leader in the, in the pack at the moment, according to my agent friend. So um, I'd be really interested to see what he's up to, but just knowing the style of Tale of Us anyway, it's like, you know, incredible, branding shows art you know it's all about the art and i i just think that it would be it would just really marry well um but yeah and i love their music and and i and i've got one of my favorite songs of of theirs on on the mix that i'm gonna play oh good stuff good stuff yeah. about, your, about your mixing is it how long, how long is your mix and what kinds of genre or does it flow genres or uh, no, no, it's sort of like, um, sort of like, sort of deep and techy. It's sort of like um, a mix. I'd most really play in a late night venue in Ibiza. Um, so yeah, and it's a, like a mixture of a, a couple of new songs, um, a few of my favorite sort of modern classics from the last sort of like five, six years. Um, I've thrown in there, um, but yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit darker than I. I mean, I play everything, but I'm mostly known more for my sort of like happy vibes and disco-y stuff because I'm I'm heavily I love love my disco and my disco house, and and my my real house as well. But I also love playing um, the style that you'll hear on the mix. I get a, a lot of pleasure out of getting into the groove with that sort of sound with a really informed crowd. Um, yeah, just has a little bit of a deeper, uh, more emotive edge sometimes, I guess. I, I listen to a lot of the Berlin stuff, so talking about deep stuff, that just takes you away. Some of it is far out there, but when, when you're listening to techno a lot, you, you can sort of like the different vibes of techno. The Berlin scene's just a bit, um, it's a bit edgy from any of the other scenes. It just, uh, it can take you into deep, dark places, the Berlin scene, I find. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Uh, NFTs, then I know you're big on your NFTs. Have you got a favorite uh, set of NFTs that you like to? Well, you know what? Like, now we've come back to NFTs. Um, I, I like, I, I've just, over the last couple of weeks, um, I have been creating some, they're like mandalas and they're, they're made from every everything starts with one of my physical paintings, and I've been creating these mandalas. And I actually started on the day that the the um, 
the conflict started. So, um, and I, I, I just did it instinctively. So my next, my next release will be the series of mandalas and I'm going to be doing it alongside um, a female led uh, project on Terra called Met- Terra Meta Royals. Um, so we're doing a joint project where we're going to release these artworks and also along with artworks, you'll get a golden ticket, which allows you to mint one Terra Meta Royal. Um, and all the proceeds will go direct to a children's charity that was suggested by, I found that on um, Vitalik Buterin's Twitter page because I was looking for a charity that was to help women and children. Um, so, yeah, that's my next hit. So I know it's not what you asked, but I'm like, I need to put this in here. No, no, to be honest, what a very rewarding and a good thing that you're doing. It's uh, absolutely brilliant, to be honest. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I just, yeah, I, I, you know, it's something small. It's, you know, I'm like, I've made all these these artworks and they were sort of influenced by what was going on. So I, I think it's... It, it's just it makes sense for me to maybe see if we can raise a little bit of money and, and send it over there to these people that are really in dire need of, of any assistance that they can get right now, you know. Yeah, yeah, what a good cause. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Thank and for anyone listening in, make sure you check it out. Terra Meta Royals, is that correct, Sarah? Yes, yes. Good stuff. I'll be checking that out myself, most definitely. Uh, yes. The festival sites here, have you uh, had the I know you're part of the Lunar Fest team. Have you had the privilege of uh, coming to the site, uh, visiting the site? Which is no, I, I unfortunately I couldn't make it for the team meeting, um, which was a little bit disappointing, but I am looking forward to coming over there quite soon and um checking it out and also like we'll be meeting up, um, I'll be meeting some of the team members at the IMS as well in Ibiza. And then we've got a few events over the summer in Ibiza, um, which I hope you'll be coming to, Wiggy, right? Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully. (laughs) Ibiza's Ibiza. I'm never going to miss a chance to go to Ibiza. Can we touch on on the International uh, Music Summit? Uh, Are you... Involved in that, in like the organisation of that, or have you just got in there through your contacts, or do you actually play a part in the setup of that? No. Um. So basically, um, the IMS was owned by Pete Tong, um, who I played with for many years. Um, Ben Turner, who is uh, uh the manager of Richie Horton, who's also a, a friend from over the years, and then um. Mark um, Neto and Danny Whittle. So Danny Whittle was the music director at Pasha when I was there and Mark Neto was my manager. So so I have close relations. I'm not involved on like a a business level, but like I I, I know them all um, personally and um, obviously we've had close working relationships over the years. Yeah, Richie Orton, some DJ as well, by the way, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's an he. He'd be like he's always at the forefront of technology and 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 new things. So, um, yeah, he'd be he'd be for me he'd be a a, a great great DJ to have at the festival. 
Yeah, you just get uh, you get lost on a four-hour set. You just bang them in a tent and leave them, leave them for eight hours, and just like walk out of there at the end of it and go, "Wow." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the festival site is absolutely amazing, by the way. Uh, looking looking at the pictures, and I, I've not been to the site as such, but just looking at the pictures that the team have been sharing, festivals all. Uh, it does look absolutely amazing, and just learning a few facts about the place. It's actually one of the green energies. It's one of the biggest solar farms in Europe. It produces its own energy. It's a it's a very green venue, which is well that suits us as well. So it's got a lot going for it at the venue. Yeah, that was a really big bonus for me when I saw what they were doing there um, on uh, with sustainability and 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 caring for the environment. And you know, like it's very very impressive what they're doing. So I think it's very much aligned with what we're doing as well. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, how big do you think the festival, this Lunar Fest, could actually go? Do you, do you envision it going globally? Do you think it's best to be capped at a certain size? Or how, I, I, I mean, let's let's be honest. It's going to be interplanetary. Yeah, I, I, I get that feeling about it. I am. Uh, I actually, well, it holds under 1,000 people, and I was just doing a little bit of research last night and putting into perspective Creamfields, which is in Daresbury, not far from me, that holds 50,000 when they do Creamfields, and the V Festivals only used to hold 90,000. So thinking back to these events and thinking how big they were in my mind, I think 100,000 is well more than enough, and um, the venues. It, it, it could be the event, the home for Lunafest for many, many years to come, and uh, only changing when we do the global stuff. Which would, would you like to see a Lunafest in Australia? Oh, don't worry, it's already at the front of my mind. <laughs> I'm already yeah. making those connections. <laughs> don't you worry. Good stuff. Make yeah. sure I have a plane ticket. I want to come to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I'm already like planning that just silently on my own. I haven't said that anything to anyone yet. So, Luna Fest Australia coming soon. Let's make yeah. it happen. And let's totally. make let, let's make many Luna Fests happen. Uh, well, Sarah, I think we've covered a lot of stuff here. Lovely having you here talking. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add before we put your mix on? Um, no, just thank you for having me, Wiggy. And uh, yeah, it's been really enjoyable speaking to you. Yeah, it's been absolutely class. And I'd like to have a big shout out to terrorspaces.org for facilitating our podcasts. And a big shout out to Finn. He helps us all the way. A top man. And I would just like to mention that Lunafest is going to be, its website is going to be launching next week at lunafest.io. And um, Lunafest is all about onboarding non-natives to crypto and crypto people to Terra. So anyone who's listening in, if you could check out T5Alfest, Learn Terra on YouTube, Terabytes Pod, and just these loads of threads on Terra throughout the internet. Uh, make sure you learn and come and join us at the world's greatest crypto DeFi. Uh, and a big shout out to Master Dolquan for basically making Terra happen for all of us. Yeah, but big shout out to you, Sarah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Wiggy. And thanks, Finn, for putting it together. And uh, yeah. Let's go, Luna. Have a great night.
Yeah, and you, let's go Luna Fest. Let's say, uh, let's make this a brilliant party when it happens. It was going to be the best. It will be. I'm excited. Good stuff. Catch you soon. Ciao.
I can feel my instincts here for you. Hey now. 